or naked and clothe you? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? The king will answer back, I tell you, indeed, whenever you did this for one of the least important of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Then will he say to those on his left, Away from me, you who are under God's curse, away to the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. I was hungry, but you would not feed me, thirsty, but you would not give me drink. I tell you indeed, whenever you refuse to help one of these least important ones, you refuse to help me. These then will be sent off to eternal punishment. The righteous will go to eternal life. Lord Jesus, I just bring us to you today. I bring our church, our city, our nation to you today and our world. Lord God, you know where things stand. We hear bits and pieces from this source and that source. But God, you love us. You love each and every one of us personally and intimately. And you want to know us deeply and intimately. And I just ask that today, everywhere in this world, that people will show you and will see you. And Lord God, your love is the most important thing in this world. And I pray that people will accept it and will show it and I just ask for your guidance in every step of our way, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for this day. And I thank you for that kiss that you gave each one of us today, giving us that life to live for you. In Jesus' name. And the Lord's Prayer you can follow in the bulletin. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We are all to be blessed with some special music by me and her. I have full confidence in you guys, so don't worry.
so great it fell into the ground, and a voice said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That voice was the Lord. So if that had happened to any of us, I imagine we'd probably be a little concerned or converted, and that's what happened. Scales fell from his eyes. Scales. Oh, yeah, I thought about that. What would happen if you looked down and saw something falling from your eyes and it was scales? In my opinion, and I've done some research, maybe a little here and there, uh, the scales are evil. That's what fell from his eyes. Evil equals sin. Sin is a serpent, which, guess what? Has scaly skin. Scales fell from his eyes. That means that the evil that was there is now gone. It's gone. So you think about your conversion. And I'm pretty sure everyone here has one. Right? And if you haven't, stay tuned. We'll get you there. God will get you there. So these uh, scales, evil, we see it so often now it's not even uncommon. You don't have to go very far and what I'm thinking about is the conversion, the transformation of Paul. We've been talking in this church, and I've been worshiping here now since around the first of the year. And one common theme I've had is transformation of grace, the transformation of God. And that transformation of God is the God that converted Saul. Transformed him. Now, in this day and age, we hear a lot about epiphanies. I had an epiphany. You know, it's like a realization. But I had a, I had an insight. And that's good. I'm not putting that down. Or, in the words of the infamous Bill W. from the big book. I'm not putting that down. That's where I saw it. He believes in a higher power. A moment of clarity. That's a Donacy moment. The moment of clarity. But it goes beyond that. It's not just a change. We talked last week about renewing your mind, renewal of the spirit. And the transformation doesn't stop with just a realization. Oh, you know, I should change. I better change. Yeah, things aren't going so well. I better turn this trip around. Transformation takes a long time. And I think of transformation, I think of, uh, believe it or not, butterflies. We just sang, I'll fly away. How is that going to happen? How are we going to fly? How am I going to fly? Really? I don't think so. But here's how it happens. It's a transformation. That transformation, like a caterpillar, that you see slithering on the ground, like a snake. Okay, so I made that girl. Yeah, yeah, slithering. That caterpillar finds a branch, possibly the branch of Jesse, the branch of Christ. 
Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning. As I already told I was like, what? I, I get to do a whole sermon? What am I going to write? How am I going to word things? What am I going to put out to the people of God? I take it very seriously. But then I had an epiphany. It's already written. Amen. It's already in a book it's called the Holy Bible. Most of us have all heard the expression, God is love. My sermon today focuses on God's love, but not as a corporate church or world, specifically for you. God doesn't love you because you're in a church. God doesn't love you because well, you thought about reading the Bible one time. He loves you because He created you. Before you were on earth, you were abiding with God. That's where you were. My first verse here that I'm going to cover is uh, from the book of Psalms. It's covering God's love for us. But you know what? There's over a hundred verses in the Old Testament that cover this exact subject. Psalm 109, verse 26. Help me, O Lord, my God. Save me according to your steadfast love. Out of everything God created, feeling or being in love is the closest that we'll ever get in our earth to holiness. It's something we'll give stuff to or give up for. Our love is what God wants us to have and experience when we were given to our earth. That's what he created it. Thank you, Lord, for love. My next verse in the New Testament, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 3. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us, because it does not know Him. 
beloved. We were, are, and will be God's children. He hasn't yet reappeared. But when he does, we'll be viewed like Jesus himself. We will be viewed like Jesus in God's eyes. Everyone who has hope in Jesus purifies himself because Jesus is two things, pure and holy. Holy, once again, means separate. World over here, when we have faith in Jesus Christ, we're not of this earth. Well, we're here, but we're not of it. We're in it. John 3.16 is my next verse. And most of us know this verse. But it tells us that belief and faith in Jesus Christ awards. Not rewards. I didn't say rewards, I said awards. You with eternal life. I didn't say reward because reward is something that you have done. You've earned a reward. No, no, no. You didn't earn your, you didn't earn your way to heaven. It was given to you by the grace and love of Jesus Christ. And everybody has hope in him purifies themselves because Jesus, once again, pure and holy. 1 John 4, 7 is, 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 7 is my next one. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and whoever loves is born of God and knows God. Being born of God means that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you know Jesus, you know God. Jesus is the only way to know God. God loves all of his creation. However, a personal love in Jesus means that God's love has become manifest in you. Manifest, the definition of manifest means clearly seen. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 says that the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we may live through him. With faith in Jesus Christ, we're not dead. We live. He loves us so much, God, Father God does. They sent his son to remedy our separation from him. Through sin, we're, I don't even know what the word would be. The universe is completely, totally, utterly separate from God. With the sin that we have in us, in our hearts. God can't come anywhere even near us. We have to be in a different plane of reality. But with faith and love in Jesus Christ, right here, you become a child. A child. You are a child of God. Just like Jesus was a child of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 says that love was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so we might live through him. I'm going to repeat myself. Out of necessity. It's his love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us necessarily that we have loved God. But he loved us so much, he sent his son to remedy our separation for him. We discovered that. 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. No one has ever seen God. That's our separation. But if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Abiding means to continue and never cease. Upon accepting Christ, we love our brothers and sisters as God loves 
becomes more complete for his children. When we share the Lord's good news, when we tell people about God, about Jesus Christ, where life is, how life is attained, we add, brothers and sisters, to our flock, to his flock, not ours, his flock, but we are all members of that flock. All the more reason to share. All you're doing when you're praying, when you're sharing is increasing your company in heaven. That's not just something we should do. That's something that we have to do as Christians. John chapter 13, verse 35. By this all men will know that you are my disciples. Jesus knows his disciples because of love. Love is the identifying characteristic of Christians. If you, not, if you do not love, you are not discipling for Jesus or showing his life for, as an example to others. Only way you can show Jesus to others, whether you're at work or playing or on TV, whatever you're doing, only way you can show the love of Jesus is to show love to others. He is our example. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Love isn't just an emotion. How do people know that you love them? How does God know that you love him and praise Jesus? The only way we can prove it is by being obedient, obedient to him. You can't pay Jesus back for what he did. It's horrible. It's awful. His roles. But you can have faith in his teachings. That's how God, the Father, can identify you as one he is. This means sometimes patience, giving, being protective, or generous to others. Even if it's inconvenient. Anything we do for anybody else, no matter how small or large it is, Show them how Jesus loves them. That is discipleship. There's no other way to be a disciple of Jesus unless you show love to others. So what price is that going to cost you? Little your time? Maybe you help someone with some money? It's not going to cost you anything. It doesn't cost anything. Truly. And showing your love for others and being a disciple of Jesus Christ may be rejected. You may be rejected for the moment. Maybe it hurts your feelings. But you know what? It never causes you true damage. You are never damaged by showing love. You may be rejected, but you're not damaged. John 59 says that the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide, again, continue to remain in my love. Jesus was talking to his disciples. It meant this for us as well. He was, he was talking to his disciples. It was written in the book. So it's meant for us. The best definition I know for abide is endure without releasing or letting go or yielding. Before you were here on earth, where were you? You were in heaven. 
with the Most High Almighty God in the Son, Jesus Christ. You were abiding in God's love. Up there, you weren't here. You were put here by God. You were born here by the grace of God. Yeah. You, were born, you were put here to serve Him and share His word with others. Think about that. Before you were born, where were you? You don't remember. Oh, must have been nowhere. No, 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 no. You were with God. Right. You were with Him. You were right with Him. You could touch Him. You could talk to Him. And that's where we're going to the love of Jesus Christ after we die. John chapter 15, verse 12 says, This is my commandment, that you know another as I've loved you. It is almost physically impossible for us to love somebody as much as Jesus loves us. But his love is our benchmark. That's our model for everything we do. And that's how we love others. Show grace to them. Show forgiveness to them. Spread the good news and the good word. We should always replicate and exude the love of Jesus to others without exceptions. I don't know if this is the right time. I don't know if they're going to accept it or not. No, 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 no. The best time is now. When you're at the restaurant, when you're on the phone, when you're at work, it can be rejected, but it's never going to do any real damage, like they said. That's one of his commands. Commandments. Abide in my love. Just as kept, he said, just as I have kept my father's commandments, we should abide in his love. Chapter John, chapter 15, verse 12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I love you. Oh, sorry, I just broke that one. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 39. Says that absolutely nothing can or will separate us from them dying. Massive, utter, total love that Father God has created us for and uses. When I say nothing can come between you and God with faith in Jesus Christ, I mean absolutely nothing. There's no object, there's no words, there's no spirit that can separate you from God. Once you have accepted Christ in your heart, you're His. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2. And if you have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and you have all faith to remove mountains, but you have all love, I am nothing. This is a good explanation of spirit love is from every other, every other God creative and inspired ability. We can love. And when we do, we're like Jesus Christ. Even if you do something as big as moving them all, I want that mountain to be over there, and it moves, good on you. But you know what? If you didn't do it with love in your heart and as your motive, that's how much it means. It means nothing. Zero sit nada. We can show love to Jesus all by keeping the commandments. And then we will abide in his love when we do so. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 37 39. Said, oh, absolutely nothing will separate you from dying mass well, uh, We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith, so I have to remove moments, but I have no love, I'm nothing. We discovered that. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 and 7. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not join be your both. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice or wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Yes. Who is the truth? Jesus. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This verse explains the eternal qualities of love. I would like to I like the word endure here. Love is so extensive and so big. It went to endure the most painful, disgusting, horrible, bloody execution possible. Jesus did this for you. Love is the ultimate object in all of God's creation. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. Love's eternal and never ends. As for prophecies, they'll pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. And for knowledge, it will pass away. God's love is eternal and never ends. I repeat myself. But it's a good subject to keep repeating yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Tells us that three greatly binding elements of this creation of Father God loves spirit. Once again, once again, loves over all God's creation. In fact, as I said, it's the only reason you exist and I exist. Anyone exists. God created us out of his love. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 or 5 says, God was rich in mercy out of the great love for which he loved us in 5. Even when we were dead through trespass or sin, made us alive again together with Christ. This tells us the resulting glorious consequence of God's love for you and us. Despite being dead through sinful stuff, our sin that we snare in our heart were born, God's love via his mercy. Say love is a truck. Traveling down the highway. Mercy is the highway that God's love flows down. Would you die a bloody, torturous, painful death for somebody that wouldn't even believe you'd done it or accept it in their hearts that you did this for them? You probably wouldn't. But Jesus Christ himself did. And you know why he did it? So that you could call him your Savior and come back to being a child of God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 14 says that above all is put on love, which binds together in perfect harmony. It's not enough to simply act, perform acts of love. It's not enough good enough to say, oh, here, you can have this evil tongue. No, 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 it's not. But if you do that, you emphasize that person, and you show love and give that piece of food or whatever it is you're doing to them, 
That is when you're being like Christ, and that is when you're being a disciple. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. The Lord disciplines, bad word, I guess, the ones he loves. He chastises every person who he receives. Sin's result for us in our minds and our bodies, physically or mentally, is negative consequences. Some Bible verses actually say punish. For everybody who loves, he punishes. As Christians, we are not separated from the negative consequences of our sinful actions. If you do something wrong, God doesn't free you from getting upside the head metaphorically from what you did. That's not what it's about. Jesus did that because he loves all of us for eternity. And God takes joy. We can send God joy by doing His will, what the Bible tells us to do. And better yet, avoiding our temptations. Every time you say no, and you have a bad thought, you do something you know is wrong, and you turn it back and go the other way, that gives God joy. How can I give God joy? How can I do something for Him? You don't. You're doing it for yourself. And you're you're going to read the Lord when you get there. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 says, And above all these, put on love, which binds together everything in perfect harmony. It is not enough, not enough to simply form actual love. There is no contradiction, falsehood, or disagreement, but true love is shown amongst people, or between people. When people exhibit true love to each other, harmony is reasonable. People exhibiting God's love do not say, don't have differences. When God looks at us, and we both have faith, He doesn't say, oh, I like him better, or I like her better. No, no, no. God's love for us through Jesus Christ is perfect in harmony with us. Hebrews chapter 2, 12, verse 6. For the Lord disciplines when he loves, and chastises all of us. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Above all, hold unfailing love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Think about that. Sin separates you, separates you from God. How does that go away? By accepting the love of Jesus Christ. Because you know what? When you do something wrong, God doesn't see it when you give it up to be forgiven by Jesus. Yeah. Jesus said, I'll take all the stuff that they did for you over here. That's not an excuse to sin because there are no consequences, especially particularly here on earth. Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. We should pray for this ability all the time. Speaking of steadfastness, we should be repeating ourselves. We should be repetitious, repetitious and saying, you know what? God, show me how to love this person. What can I do for them? What can I say to them? 
when you're saying that, when you're praying that stuff to God, you're asking, how, how will I show my love? And He will give you that. First John chapter 4, verse 18 says, There's no fear in love, and perfect love casts out fear. Fear relates to punishment. And whoever interlaces the love of God with fear, come on. You have perfected God's love in yourself. I, I don't want to show God's love to this person, but I'm afraid. Wrong answer. It's logical, and a lot of us do it every day. Many of us, even Christians. I should say especially Christians. But if you love Jesus and you want to love that person like Jesus did, what's a little money? What's a meal? What's a kind word? Nothing. The world has demeaned and downplayed the word love. Maybe it's a commercial, catchy commercial slogan. Or somebody saw the movie theater. But you know what? If that's how you consider love, consider love, that's exactly how he wants you to look at it. That's not a capital H, that's a small H. When you think, oh, I could love this person right now, but maybe it's not just that time and that blah blah blah. I have this excuse not to do it, I have that excuse not to do it. That's not from up there. That's from down there. Resist that. Pray against it. The book of Psalms tells us our God didn't make us by mistake. We're not accidents. He loves us enough that he put us on earth exactly when and where he wants us to exist. We may go through our lives wondering, what am I doing here? Why is everything so messed up in my life? I'm not sure what to do next. You know what? You may not know what to do. You may not have a clue of what to do. Guess who does? I'm going to point out now. So that's exactly who knows what you need to do to remedy, remedy the situation. Maybe up here, maybe in here. Could be a lot of things. I'm going to tell you where that comes from, though. It comes from God's love. Yeah. And when you fix it, do it in front of others, you exude that love. You give them the opportunity to see Jesus in your own actions. Keep in mind that he loved us first and eternity before we were born. The book of Psalms tells us that we are wonderfully made and were put together by God himself in our mother's wounds. He knit us together, not physically, but metaphorically. And all the cells were expanding and growing because of God's grace and love. Don't worry if, if you pray about it and it's not fixed by next week. No, Lord, I prayed for this, but I haven't seen hands yet. Nothing's changed. That's doubt. There is no doubt in love. There should be no doubt in love. Don't put it there because it's not a home. God's Word tells us that we can expect trouble in our lives. John chapter 16, verse 33 tells us as much. I have said this to you, that in you, you may have peace. In the world, though, you will have tribulation. We'll have it. 
Now you might get it. You might come around it. You might be exposed to some of it. No, you will have tribulation. But be a good cheer. Smile. Yes. I have overcome the world. That is the words of Jesus Christ himself. No matter how bad you have it, or have it, you're not beyond redemption. The situation is not unfixable. Maybe to you, when I think about this going on, when I did this, this happened, and blah, blah. No, 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 no. Faith. It will be fixed. The situation will correct itself. Not necessarily the way we want it to be fixed all the time. Not, not necessarily the way we saw it. But you know what? It will work itself out. And you should still have peace and love. Call and patience is required. When we, when you, are waiting for God's answers, make sure patience is right there along with the request. The book of John is referred to as God's love letter to us. In this book, God lets us know that he is not a distant observer. He's not. I'm going to pray, but I better shout loud so you hear me. No, no. He's not a far lighter away from you. He's right here. He hears your mumbling. He hears your thoughts. And he's a perfect example of our expression of love. Perhaps you've asked yourself, why can't I feel this love? Why can't I feel his love? All I'm feeling right now is pain and sorrow and disappointment. Things are not going away that makes you feel his love and compassion. compassion. In fact, I feel all alone and abandoned right now. Don't forget God's words. Even worse, Entertain death, uh, doubt in your mind by listening to the enemy. Don't believe these words while your creator, your loving creator, Jesus Christ, and God himself. God has not rejected his love or pulled his, his grace away from you. However bad you think you have it, look up. Don't look down or around. Look up and pray. Say, Jesus Christ, save me from this. Have fixed this for me. You know what? It might be as simple as give me peace with how it works out. That's what he wants you to be at. He wants your heart and mind to be at peace. Despite your circumstances. Because you are a child of God. No matter the situation, that is exactly who you are personally. God is love? Good question. When he created Adam and Eve, he wanted to be loved by his creation, just as he loved them. Love is a choice, and true Christians choose love. It's a choice. Oh, well, this person said or did this, and I'm going to run away. No, no, no. Pray about it. That may not be the proper response. Might be response you want to happen, might be what you want yourself to do, but it not be his plan. That is why he gave us free will. So we're not just little love robots running around, hey, he that's all the rainbow is. No, no. 
He did. He gave us free will. So we can make choices. Love is to be a choice that we make. And when we make that choice to have our faith in Jesus Christ, God showers his love upon us. Did you look at other possibilities? Maybe when you had kids? Oh, you saw the good job, the diplomas, the nice cars, your successful little adult running around. But did you keep in mind it might they might ever lie to you? They might disappoint you. They might even really hurt you emotionally. If you you should have, but if you didn't, why? You know, you knew, you know life has ups and downs. Emphasis is on the downturn. You knew that of the potential pain and suffering involved with when the little one grows up. If you did look at did not look fair and disappointment, you had the kids. But if you did look at them, why did you still have the kids? You know what? They were worth the sacrifice. Up here in your mind when you had your children, you knew bad things were happening. You knew they were going to lie to you. You knew they were going to disappoint you. But you know what? You had them anyway. And when God looks at us, and then over to the son Jesus, he knew we were disappointed. Hence Jesus. Jesus says, ah, I take this disappointment, Father God, put it away. All the more reason for faith in love. He intended love to be our choice for him. We are the beloved children of the perfect, almighty, and eternal God through Jesus Christ, the Son. He has never felt the smallest amount of disappointment or pain. Never in his heavenly existence, which will look back, well, literally forever. He never felt one twinge of disappointment. He's never had one doubt. Father God has lived a perfect life for farther than we can go back and remember or look at. But you know what? He gave that up. He literally said, well, I love you. And my love for you is worth pain and blood and disappointment and treachery and lies and whips. You know what? And hang on the cross. You were worth that to God. Your kids should be everything to you in the same manner. I find great peace and security considering when I consider Psalms 86 verse 5. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abundant and steadfast love for all who call upon you. God's love for you as one of his children is more than just steadfast. His love is steadfast, unstoppable, incorruptible, eternal, supreme, and magnificent. All through Apologies, faith in Jesus Christ. You'll never go through a trial or have a problem. 
that you saw a valuable lesson that you learned. Do you know what? That's what's happening to you. You may not like it, you probably won't. I never do. I don't like my problems. But you know what? When I have problems, which are inevitable, probably more in a couple of days, I think, you know what, God? This is happening to me. And you can't fix it. But more importantly, what do you want me to learn from it? What can I do to not only not have this happen again, but to bring myself closer to you through this trial of tribulation? That is a great prayer. When you are disappointed, afraid of something, look at God for an answer. Hard to deal with. We are the beloved children of the perfect, almighty, and eternal God. He never felt the slightest amount of despite or pain in his entire early existence. And you know what? He loves you. Please consider Romans 8.28 next time and look at it and study and, and uh, concentrate on it. You are here for a reason. God loves you. Period. No acceptance. No breaks. True. Continuously. Thank you. Thank you, Michael, for those words. That was that was very meaningful to me. Um, we have a, an offering plate on the back. If God leads you to add something to it, we'd be forever grateful. So let's right now, um, if you would join me in reading the offertory prayer in your, in your bulletin. God of grace and mercy, we offer our gifts to you this day knowing that it is your love and presence that have sustained us through all our difficult days. We know there have been days when fear and anxiety have gotten the better of us, and we, need, and we have needed <clears throat> excuse me, a reminder Paul gave in the epistle to the Romans, if God is for us, who is against us? Help us to live as Christ calls us to share what we have and show love and compassion as Christ taught us. We only pray in the name of Jesus, our Savior and Redeemer. Amen. And now the doxology.
Father God, Savior Jesus, and blessed Holy Spirit, we thank you for so much. We thank you for loving us, forgiving us our sins because of Jesus' atoning death. We thank you for being merciful to us, for receiving us as your children when we ask and confess. For loving with us, living with us of the Holy Spirit. We just thank you for so many things right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we're going to forgo the last um, responsive reading today. So, uh, any announcements? Yes. yes. I have two friends in the audience. I was wondering if they could pray us out because they're awesome prayer warriors. Quentin Judy, please stand up. Quentin Judy, please stand up. <laughs> um, the Lord put on my heart for them to lead us in prayer. Quentin Judy, can you please go to the microphone? benediction response today. I have a little thing I want to say. Who do you say that God is? Let your mind and your heart commune with his and he will show you. The Bible says be still and know that I am God. 
May the peace of God be with you all this week as you listen to him, agree with him, and obey him. In the sweet name of Jesus, we pray. Now go in the peace and love of Jesus. Love him and love your neighbor. Amen. Amen. Amen.